you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to end the chapter tonight by preaching on the excitement of the gospel. The excitement of the gospel, amen. The devil's really tried to hinder this message uh, through several ways, and now he's just uh, taking my outline off my iPad because my storage is full. So if any of knows how to correct that, just go ahead and delete it. I don't care, but I always have a backup copy in my Bible called a hard copy, amen? So uh, we're just going to go ahead and preach whether I can see the outline or not, amen? Might be a blessing if you don't. I'm going to have the last three slides, gentlemen, and I'm, I might need you more than ever to make sure you stay stay uh, um, on the off the wall, amen, or on the wall, amen? Uh, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, I think we ought to read the last verse that I read last Wednesday night because I believe it's really appropriate. You know, I love to preach through the Bible. And because if, if I didn't preach through the Bible, I might just pull out something that y'all don't want to hear tonight. I might just rebuke everything that's moving in this, in this, in this country. Uh, sin and just rebuke it all. But, uh, so, but we stay with the Word of God. But look at verse 18 of uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. It says, Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once again, but Satan hindered us. And I stopped right there on Satan hindered us. Sunday night I preached on uh, the strategy of Satan. And um, thank God, uh, folks, he has a strategy, but we know what it is. And every enemy has a strategy. Every political party has a strategy. Some's wholesome, some's not wholesome. Some's holy, some's not holy. But um, the devil wants to hinder us. And he hinders us through uh, uh, being a deceiver. He's a father of all lies. You're never more like the devil uh, than when you're lying. Amen? And um, so I preached on that Sunday night. I won't preach it again. But then we see the exciting last two verses of this chapter that ought to encourage us all. The Bible says, for what is our hope? Let's stand in all the Word of God. For what is our hope? That's the third slide from the last. Amen? That's where I'll be at tonight. It says, for what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For ye are our glory and our joy. Uh, the next one, brother. Uh, I want you to notice that, uh, first of all, uh, there's some things in this verse that's so exciting. And number, number one is, it says our hope. And then also I want you to notice three times in these two verses, and this is the message I need tonight, I don't know about you, he mentions joy. And so I want to I preach mostly on joy tonight. Amen. We had a real good prayer meeting um, Sunday, I mean Tuesday morning, and um, uh, Brother Mark shared a devotion before we prayed, and he talked about the message Sunday morning is that he felt like, and he was so burdened, and I didn't even apply it this way, but the Holy Spirit applied it this way, is that um, uh, we as a nation have sold out. We've sold out. you know, Not for sale, but our nation has sold out the God of um, convenience, the God of um, personal preference, uh, the God of sin, the God of Satan, and we've sold out. And it ought to burden our hearts enough to pray. It ought to have burden our hearts enough to seek revival. And I thank God uh, for His burden that He shared with us, and all five of us got to pray, and there were some that prayed online at the same time at 9 o'clock. And uh, folks, it even is solidified today with all this confusion and all that's going on uh, in our nation and how divided it is. And so the devil is trying to hinder. And uh, this is a great time to be salty. It's a great time to be a light. And I want to tell you something. It's, it's not in the White House. It's in God's house, as I often said, that we need to have revival. If there's ever a time, if there's ever a time, that we need to be in the house of God and encourage each other and be right with God and live for God it's today because I believe these are the last days. Uh, I think this also has said we're in the last days. And I'll be preaching a lot on that tonight. But I want you to know that, folks, in the last days, you should not falter. 
You should not be discouraged. You should not look down, but look up and realize that your hope cometh from the Lord. Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to bless. I don't know if you received the uh, uh, email today or not, Brother Cody. I hope you did this afternoon. I uh, sent it about 4.30. If not, we'll, we'll just preach without it on the wall too. Amen. We'll just preach off the wall. That's fine. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you that we don't depend on uh, an outline and we don't depend on uh, how we feel or how things have gone to preach the Word of God. We just depend upon you. And so, Lord, increase our faith. Uh, God, increase our burden for our nation, for our church, for our own hearts. And God, help us to realize that we ought to be excited about these last days. And we ought to be excited about planning the gospel. And God, if there's ever a solution to abortion, it's winning some little girl to the Lord tonight in the Master Club and training her and discipling her of what's right. And so, Lord, dear God, help us to realize that we hold the key, and that is the Word of God, uh, to help and turn this nation back to you, one soul at a time, one service at a time, one church at a time. And so, Lord, one Christian at a time to be the salt and the light in these dark, last days that we live in. And so, Lord, give us encouragement, but also challenge our hearts to have a burden that moves us towards the lost and moves us to be different than the lost, be a light and a salt. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice the excitement of the gospel. Uh, the rapture is mentioned here. It says, for what is our hope our joy, our crown of rejoicing, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming. For ye are our glory and our joy. Now he's talking about receiving a reward, and a reward, a reward is that the people He led to the Lord is His joy and His crown and His honor that He's going to cast at the foot of Jesus. Revelation chapter 4 we're going to cast all the crowns at His feet. And so you just don't want to go to heaven. You want to go to heaven with crowns. You want to have the judgment seat of Christ take place where you're not empty-handed and not ashamed. And so we see, first of all, what encouraged Paul in these last verses of this chapter. He'd been exiled from his people. He, his heart was to be back with them. He had a great desire, verse 17, to be back with his church, but he was under persecution. And the devil hindered him from coming back. And he's going to send Timothy in the next chapter. But we see that he said, for what is our hope? What is our hope? I want to tell you something, friend. It is a real temptation sometimes in these last days to lose hope. We just say, man, what is going on? Uh, some lady uh, texts my wife today and said, "What in the? why did God allow this to happen because they're all of the devil. And uh, she wrote this long reply about the Old Testament, how God put wicked kings and how God put put uh, God's people under uh, some thing. And man, it was a long, long, it was long. It was, it was good though. It was biblical. And I hope it answered the lady's question. But that's a good question. You know, why does God allow uh, things to happen like this? And it hadn't happened yet. We're still praying for Arizona and Nevada. But uh, we'll have to do a lot of praying. But I'll tell you, folks, God help us if we lose hope in these last days. We're going to soon be out of here. Had another discouraged pastor call me uh, today. And he said, you know something, after the day or after yesterday or after last night, I'm glad I'm 79 years old. I'm just going to die soon and get out of here. I said, brother, I was calling you up to lead the singing in the morning. You can't do that if you're all discouraged. He said, I know, I'm just kidding with you. But he said, I, I know I'm going to have to be left. But, you know, we ought to be concerned about the next generation and our babies. Amen. And, folks, listen, we should not lose hope because the hope of is the blessed hope is he's coming soon. Amen. And all these signs of the time are everywhere. I'm going to get into that in just a second. Look at Titus chapter 2, verse 13, please. Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. Amen. 
the Bible says this. It says, um, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing, that's the rapture, of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And folks, the next time he comes, he won't be, there won't be no Calvary. And the next time he comes, there won't be no cave out back. And the next time he comes, there won't be no uh, Harry that's running him out of town. And, and there won't be no uh, walk, uh, riding on a donkey's back. The next time he comes, he's going to rapture us up. And we're going to be out of here in one ten thousandth of a second, which is a twinkling of an eye, and we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. But right after the rapture, I want to tell you something, folks. This ought to motivate you. Right after the rapture, you're going to give account of everything you did between the time you were saved and the time that rapture took place. And, folks, or the time you were saved and uh, when you died. Amen? I appreciate the good message Brother Wesley and Brother Randy preached at the funeral uh, of Miss um, Lance, um, Teresa's mama. I better clarify that. I had everybody uh, wondering when I just put Mrs. Lance, uh, Mrs. Team. But I want you to know, friend, God help us to be ready. And, folks, I want to tell you something. We ought to be active in the local church, and we ought to be faithful in our last days because we never know we're going to take our last breath. But even if you're feeling real good tonight, the rapture could take place. You might feel like you're about to die. Uh, but I want to tell you something, friend. God help us if we don't if, if we don't realize it's a blessed hope. These churches are under great persecution. These churches were being thrown in jail. These churches were going hungry. These churches were being separated from our from their children and their wives. Folks, listen, it was under persecution. And the whole book of First Peter. And Second Peter is on hope, hope in trials and tribulation, and don't to lose hope. And here's Paul; he's been beat more times than our Lord, and he was um, about to be beheaded in Second Timothy chapter four. We'll read that in just a minute. And he said, "Hey, listen, it's a blessed hope." He says, "It's a blessed hope." And then he said, "This for what is our hope?" And then it said, back to our text, or joy, or crown of rejoicing. Or crown of rejoicing. So we ought to watch and be hope, hopeful. The Bible says in uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, that we ought to uh, watch and pray. Amen? Uh, we ought to realize that Jesus could come any minute. and We need to be on guard. We need to be alert. We need to be ready. And we need to be faithful. Not, not down and out, blue and sad. Not a casualty. Not skipping church half the time but I mean predictably consistent for the Lord Jesus Christ in these last days. We are the salt and we are the light. And the darker it gets out there, the more we need light. Amen. And there was a popular greeting in the Bible uh, found in 1 Corinthians 16, 22. They would not come up to you and say, how you doing, Brother Randy? They would say, Maranatha. Every time they met somebody on the street, Maranatha, Maranatha, Maranatha. That was the theme, and that meant the Lord is coming. And they reminded each other in the greeting uh, of everybody that there is a soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if they believed it back then, how much more should we believe it now? Say amen. We ought to realize that we're in the very last days. And then, folks, listen, if, if you don't believe that, you need to read Well, I don't want you to read the news. Don't even watch it. But, uh, you know, uh, you, ought, you ought to realize that the newspaper is just a confirmation of what the Bible says uh, about the last very days that we live in. There's, they're going to be different kind of days. They're going to be days of, uh, of distress and perplexity. Matter of fact, let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 that describes the attitude and the sins of the last days. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, there it is, point A, I had it right up there and didn't even see it, amen, look at this, it says, we know also that in the last days, what does it say, perilous times shall come, now folks, I don't know about you, but this has been an unusual year, I am praying that 2021 will be better. You say, no, it can't be with all that's happened today or yesterday. No, it can be better in your heart, and it can be better in this church, and it can be better in your family. 
because uh, there ain't nobody, no politician can uh, regulate your spiritual life. You walk with God by choice, amen, and by by conviction, and thank God for it. But look at verse uh, 2, and you'll see the attitude and the sins of the last days. For men shall be lovers of their own self. Say amen right there. Friend, I want to tell you something. I'm so sick of this selfishness, vainglory, and then it says covetousness. Everybody's wanting to um, buy somebody. It's so funny, in North Carolina, uh, Lindsey Graham, conservative, uh, Republican that was in charge of helping Amy Barrett get in the Supreme Court, and he thought he was going to lose his election, and it was getting close, and the Democrats put in $100 million for his opponent. Guess what? He lost. Lindsey Graham won. I wanted to say, thank God you can't buy people. Amen? If you didn't like that, you can lump it. But I want to say this, friend. Thank God that we don't have to live by money alone, and we can't buy people, and we don't need to buy votes, and we don't need to buy politicians. Thank God we need to pray and let God raise up godly leaders in our nation. Oh, friend, listen. It says this, boasters, proud. The proud will fall. Before, Hey, listen, I want to tell you something. Pride cometh before a fall. Don't you ever think you're self-sufficient. And any leader in this nation thinks he's self-sufficient. God can wipe him out in a second. It won't take a vote. And listen to this. It says this. Blasphemers. That's a, that's a prevalent today. People are blaspheming the Lord. Look at this. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. That summarizes it, don't it? There's a lot of unholy behavior today. This is the last days. It says in the last days will be perilous times. He's defining perilous times. I mean, this is right in order, praise God. I'm glad that we preach the Bible. Nobody can accuse me of just pulling out a sugar stick. But look at verse 3. Without natural affection. You know what that is? Same-sex marriage. I guess I will get to preach a little bit. You know what that is? That's parents not loving their children. That's not natural affection. Without natural affection. Amen? Suicide is without natural affection. You ought to love yourself not to kill you, enough to not kill yourself. And this has been a record year for that. It says truce breakers. Oh, I could dwell there a little while. Truce breakers. Anybody ever broke their promise to God after a holy vow in marriage? Hey, has anybody ever broke their promise to somebody else? That's truce breakers. Come on, say amen. Folks, we need to keep our word. I wouldn't give you 10 cents for a liar because you can't trust them, you can't follow them, there's no security in them. I'm telling you, friend, there's truce breakers. Folks, keep your word. False accusers. False accusers. Oh, my. That's not the truth today. False accusers. Our media is wonderful at that. False accusers. Just get a story. It don't matter if you slay somebody's character. Look at this. It says, in the last days, incontinent. You know what that means? Without control. Without control. They lose control. And folks, there's a lot of people that's lost control. Amen? It was so sad this morning, about 2 o'clock, they started rioting in Washington, D.C. just because they heard that Las Vegas was predicting that President Trump was going to go back in. And then they started rioting, and they didn't. They, there was no decision, but they were rioting. And you know, now with all this litigation and everything, we probably won't know the results of the election for months, maybe weeks. And all the looters and rioters are going to have to take, going to have to put off their Christmas shopping, their Christmas robbing, their Christ, their Christian looting. Say Amen. All they're doing is looking for excuse to be out of control. It don't matter who they are. And it's a sad day that when cities have to look like a hurricane is about to approach, 
when they're just boarding stuff up to keep from being robbed and looted and burned to the ground. Folks, we are in the last days. Can you not see it? Can you not feel it in the atmosphere? Folks, Jesus is coming soon. Don't look around. Don't look down. Don't look back. Look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. Thank God for that. I'm not saying we ought to cop out, but I believe we ought to at least realize that God's about to bring us out and be encouraged by that. It says, it says listen to this, fierce. Despisers of those that are good. I want to tell you something, friend. You touch the church, you touch God. That's right. I want to tell you something, they're going to have to deal with God if they touch the church. If they try to close this church up, they're going to have to answer to God. Anybody tries to touch God's church. So I'm not scared, and I'm not afraid of tax-exempt junk or nothing else. I am afraid and fear the authority of the living God. He tells me what to preach, and He tells me how to, uh, to uh, lead this church. And Folks, I take no orders from government. Amen? They ought to take orders from us. Thank God for you voting, your conscience, and your convictions. The despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Come on, say amen right there. That is the day and age we live in. I heard somebody skip, skip church, they don't go to church, but they, they, uh, Left at 6.30 a.m. And you know, you know who I backed, so you know, I, it's no joke. 6.30 a.m. to go to a rally in, in um, Rome that started at 9 p.m. And folks, there's some people that wouldn't come to church 30 minutes early and stay 30 minutes late. I'm going to tell you something, friend. I believe in enthusiasm, and I believe in rallies, but I'm going to tell you something, folks. God's people should not be outdone by a bunch of politicians or a bunch of followers. We ought to be fanatics for Jesus. And folks, none of those jokers have ever died for you. They've never, none of them's been buried for you, and none of them's going to rise for you, and none of them's going to save your soul. Our allegiance ought to be to Christ. Our party ought to be Christ. We ought to stand on the convictions. We ought to be... Uh, willing to die for our convictions. The Word of God, the blood atonement, the soon coming of the Lord. Traitors, heady, high-minded, pleasures, uh, uh, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Having Here it is, oh my. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Whew, we was praying about this Tuesday morning. There's a bunch of form of godliness in America. Just because you're Catholic, that's a form of godliness. Just because you're Baptist, that can be a form of godliness. Folks, there's a lot of cults going on. We're, we're on cult lane down here. We got, we got, we got all kinds of stuff going on. In the name of karate, we got uh, uh, Islam, and, or not Islam, but um, whatever that is up there. Buddhists. I don't know what it is. Dalai Lama. I don't know what the thing is. Good night. Then we got Jehovah Witnesses on the left side. And then you drive on down a little bit, and you see this weird-looking building with a with a, a Quaker Oats symbol on the top of it, and it's an Islamic mosque. And then here we come, little Independent Baptist Church on the right-hand side over the hill. Now, what are we going to do with a with a road like this? We're outnumbered. Uh, they out knock on they knock on doors more than we do. I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to shine. We need to be salt. And we do need to knock on doors more than cults do. Say amen. Folks, we're in the last days because there's a lot of religion. The same preacher said he was glad he's 79 because he's going to die soon. I think he's in perfect health. You never know. He said, you know whose fault this is? I said, who? He says, it's the church's fault. It's the church's fault. Because we have tried the convenient religion. We've tried the contemporary movement. We've tried to be famous, and we've tried to blend in. And how many of those jokers uh, voted for some 
person that killed a baby. And folks, I want to tell you something. If you're right with God, you ought to stand with God. You ought to stand with the Bible. Amen? You ought to stand with convictions of what God says is wrong and what God says is right, not what somebody else says or somebody else votes on. We ought to stand with God. And folks, we're a weak generation that won't stand with God. And folks, the church is weak today. There's no convictions. It's so sad because our nation used to be run by old-fashioned, I mean fundamental, God-fearing churches. Where are we gone? We've gone to get a big crowd. We've gone to the worship team and the and the and the rock and roll music in church. We've gone down the drain of compromise. And so don't blame anybody else. Blame the blame God's people, which is called by God's name, that has compromised and hasn't humbled themselves and turned from their wicked ways. We need to get right with God. And folks, I know I can say that corporately, and I, I thank God for you, and I think we've got a conservative church and a biblical church, but I want to tell you something. There's still a lot of improvement around here, including in this part, for revival. We have sold out, Brother Mark. The church has sold out. Christians have sold out. And folks, it's a form of godliness, denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. We need to repent. It says, for this sword are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never being able to be, uh, come to the knowledge of the truth. As Jamus and Jambres withstood Moses, so did these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. Oh, we're there. Look at this. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. That's what the whole chapter 2 of First Thessalonians is about, the doctrine of a good minister, the daily conduct of a good minister, uh, the gospel and the tool of a good minister. But look at this. It says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, matter of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience persecutions. We don't know what persecution is all about. Listen to this. Affliction, which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra, it was thrown in a, on a uh, garbage heap, counted as dead. God brought him back to life. It says, what, 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 what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Amen. Thank God if Paul can keep on going, we can too. Look at this now. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And folks, something don't go our way. We're ready to recant and give up and question God and shake our fist at God and retreat. And we ought to be, we ought to be re, refiring. And we ought to be charged up today to do more for God than we've ever done before. Listen to this. But evil men and seducers shall whack worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Deceiving and being deceived. I want to tell you something, friend. Lying's a way of life for some people. They, they tell so many lies, they have to tell another lie to cover up a lie, and then they become a liar because they don't know how many lies they've told. Does that sound familiar? But continue. But continue. You ought to circle that word, but continue. There's the message tonight. My joy, my crown in these last days, my hope, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child that was known the Holy Scriptures. Isn't that great? Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Folks, from a child, verse, chapter 1 says it was Grandma Lois and his mama Eunice. And the folks, our daddy wasn't even around in Timothy's life. I don't know where he was at. He probably abandoned them. I don't know where he was. But I'll tell you what, he had godly mama and a godly grandmother. 
And it made a difference in Timothy's life. And Paul said, hey, follow the doctrine you learned from them. Amen. Listen to this now. We need more mamas to raise children up for the next generation to take a stand against evil. If we don't get back to revival in the home, our country's gone anyway. Amen. Starts in the home. Starts in the home. Thank God. It says, from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. But look at this. All Scriptures given by inspiration of God. Folks, I'm glad we got God's breath on this morning. I'm glad I got God's breath as I read this Scripture. I need, I need to take a deep breath tonight. I'm out of breath. You know, just said goodbye to my daughter. That ain't easy. You think it'd get easier? I told her uh, on the way out, I said, Son, I'll be 70 next time you see me. That didn't help. She about slapped me. She just cried more. I saw her over there crying more than normal. Got to my heart. And I realized why she's crying. She was saying goodbye to Chase. She was saying goodbye to Tyler. And she now had had the foot on the the shoe on the other foot. She was now a mama saying goodbye to her missionary children. And folks, that hurts. And you only know if you've been there and done that. Say amen, Underwoods and Halls and Cozales. It's rough. But I want to tell you something. I'd rather be sending them off to the furthest of the gospel than send them off to jail or send them off to, to, to represent hell or send them off to make a good profit. Amen? Or a good business. Say amen, Miss Brunella. She hurts too. It's hard to say goodbye even to a grown son or a grown daughter. But it's worth it. It's worth it. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. I need that breath tonight. I need the holy breath of God on this message. I need to be used of God. Call it selfish if you want to, but I needed to preach tonight. I almost let Brother Underwood preach. I need to be used of God. I need to feel useful. I need to be used of God because His Word is the tool that can change the future of our nation. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. I'll just say this. I'm not comparing anybody to anybody else, but it's a bigger tragedy for a church to vote out a godly pastor than it is to vote out a president. The church is more needed than ever before. I didn't think I was going to get on this subject, but I can't get off of it. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. For what? It's profitable. For what? Doctrine. That's what is right. Write it down. Doctrine means what is right. For reproof. What is that? What is not right. Thank God I got a Bible that tells us what sin is. And if you don't like it, you're running from God. And if you don't like it, You'll never repent because you've got to realize what sin is before you can turn from it. Say amen. need somebody to preach against sin around here. But look at this. For correction. That's how to get right. So what is right, what is not right, and how to get right. But I love this part. And for instruction in righteousness. You know what that is? That's how to stay right. Amen. And so you know something? You'll never go wrong with the Word of God. And I'll tell you what, you're not in the wrong place when you come hear the Word of God. And you won't be the wrong kind of person or leader or mama or daddy if you stay by the book. Because it says that the man of God may be perfect, that means mature, thoroughly, didn't say thoroughly, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And it says, I charge thee therefore before the God and the Lord Jesus Christ, Judge the quick and the dead. Here it is. I read all that chapter to get this one phrase. At his appearing. Amen. That's next. It's on the calendar. At his appearing and his kingdom. And then look on down to verse um, 8. Here's his hope. Here's his joy. And I'll close. 
It says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also, verse 8, that love his appearance. Now, what's the evidence of loving his appearance? I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Have you fought a good fight? Have you fought a good fight not to win an election, but to, to win God's approval and to win God's acceptance and to win other people to the Lord? That's more important than all, the, all this. And it says this, at his appearing. I fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Keep the faith. Go back to our text and I'll close. And so we see the rewards of the Savior. Paul speaks of the great day when every believer stands before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. And the Bible says there's two crowds. There's two crowds. Let me just say, first of all, what is the time of the rapture? or the judgment seat of Christ. That's where you'll give account of everything you did, why you did it, and if you did it for the love of God and the glory of God. Not just because you work. Because a lot of people work for the wrong motive. They work for themselves. They work to get you know, acknowledgement. And they work to get blessed. You need to work for God's glory. You need to work because you love God. But look at this. It says, For that our hope and our joy and our crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord at His coming. At His coming. And so, folks, listen, you're going to give account, and you're going to have a crown of rejoicing if you love His appearing. But the time's going to be the rapture. And nobody's past the judgment of Christ. When I first got saved, I thought everybody dies, has their own little judgment, and it'll be a lot easier there won't be such a long line. That's early judgment. But that's not the way it is. You'll turn to Luke 14, 14. I'll prove it. Luke 14, 14 says everybody's going to be judged at one time. It's called the rapture. Paul's waiting his judgment. John the Baptist is waiting his judgment. All these great saints of God waiting their judgment. And folks, we're going to be in line with them. I hope I'm way down the line from John the Baptist. I'll tell you that. I hope I'm way down the line from the Apostle Paul. Amen. I hope I'm way down the line from the martyrs because I've wanted to give up when I wasn't even hurt. It's less killed. Luke 14, 14. The Bible says this, And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. You'll be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. What's the resurrection of the just? That's when the dead in Christ will rise first. We which are alive and shall be caught up, rapture, to be with the Lord. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 28, it proves that the judgment seat of Christ, what, what time is it? I'm not talking about what time it is now. It's 8.05. We've got plenty of time. But I'm talking about, folks, the Bible tells us that the rapture is going to take place and the judgment seat of Christ is going to take place Right after that, turn to 1 John and look at 1 John 2, 28. 1 John 2, 28. If you just study your Bible, it'll answer the question. Amen. And uh, they took 1 John out of my Bible. I can't believe that. Here it is. 2, 28. And now, little children. 1 John 2, 28. And now, little children, abide in Him. There's the key. I love John 15, 1 through 11, don't you? And verse 11 says, These things I've spoken to you, and that your joy might be full, and that my joy might remain in you. And these things is, are you abiding as a branch in the vine? Fruit produceth vine too. Amen. It says, And now, little children, abide in him. That means obey him, submit to him, be a branch dependent upon the vine. That when he shall appear, when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. There's going to be a crowd that's ashamed of the judgment of Christ. There's going to be a crowd that's confident. Not cocky, confident. And folks, we're going to lay our crowns down at his feet at the judgment 
seat of Christ. So the time is at the rapture. Uh, I could go to 1 Peter chapter 5 and look at verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. Don't you love the study of the Word of God? It says, When the chief shepherd shall appear, that's the Lord, he shall receive, you shall receive a crown of glory, fadeth not away. When's he going to appear? Not the second coming, the rapture, seven years before. When he shall appear, the chief shepherd, you're going to receive a crown if you're a faithful uh, pastor, a faithful leader, fadeth not away. So the time of the rapture, of the judgment seat of Christ, is the rapture. And then the test of it is found in Romans 14, 12. The test of the rapture, or the judgment seat of Christ. I don't know why I keep saying the rapture. Look at this. Romans chapter 14, and look at verse 12. Romans chapter 14, verse 12. We always have our nose in somebody else's business a lot of times. We need to take note of what we're doing for God. The Bible says in John, or Romans 14, 12, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Folks, the test is, what have you done for Christ, and why did you do it? It's summed up in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is a perfect picture of the judgment seat of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the Bible says in verse uh, 15, If any man's work shall be burned, it shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. Now, folks, the Bible says this, that you build upon there. If any man works abide which he hath built thereon, ye shall receive a reward, a crown. And it says, But if any man's work shall be burned, you shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be uh, saved, yet so is by fire. That means you'll get into heaven with no rewards. A lot of people says, well, that's okay, I, I, as long as I get to heaven. No, you don't understand what you're going to do with the rewards. You're going to cast them at its feet. You ever been to a birthday party and didn't have a gift? And you was the only one that didn't have a gift? I had that when I was a kid, and it couldn't. our family couldn't afford a gift. I got so embarrassed, I went home and I asked my mother, I said, why didn't you give me a gift? They're all over there uh, making fun of me. The girl was in the wheelchair. She was her name was Sandra. I'll never forget. It was a childhood trauma in my life. I, I hadn't got over it today. And uh, and I went home, and my mother gave me $2. I went back and said, here's your gift. I felt better about being at the party. And I ate another piece of cake. But I want to say this. God help us to not show up at the judgment seat of Christ saying, I did it all for myself. I did it all for my own glory. I did it. To be seen, I did it to be written up in the bulletin on at Whitfield Baptist Church. No, you got to do it for the Lord. You got to do it because you love Him and for His glory. That's the only two criteria: that you love Him and that you want Him to be glorified. And so you work for Him. No, you're not. You're the temple of God. That the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. When you yield to the Spirit of God, He does the work. You don't do the work. You're a yielded vessel. So there's. There's a test and there's tears. Revelation chapter 21 verse 4, the Bible says he'll wipe away the tears. The book of Revelation is, is written chronologically as it takes place. And so folks, uh, Revelation 21 4 takes place 1,007 years after the rapture. 1,007 years after the rapture or after the judgment seat of Christ. So I believe God will let us cry for 1,007 years. Now you say, where do you get that? Well, just look at the book of Revelation. It says, God shall wipe away the tears. Why do you have tears in heaven? There's old gospel twangy songs say, there'll be no tears in heaven. Yes, there will be for 1,007 years. But God knows that we can't go around moping around with tears all day. There wouldn't be much of a heaven. So then he wipes them away. And I believe he wipes away the, uh, the memory of how, what a selfish Christian we were. And so he wipes away the tears. And so, folks, listen, there will be tears in heaven, but it'll be tears of regret. It'll be tears of missing opportunities. It'll be tears of not being a soul winner. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. It'll be tears of, 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 of saying, why was I so selfish? And that's where that 1 John 2.28 says, you'll be ashamed. You'll be ashamed.
conviction. 2 John chapter 1, verse 8 says you'll lose your reward because you're unfaithful. And so then last but not least, at the judgment seat of Christ, there's triumph. There's triumph. I'll just summarize it because it's time to go. I've done broke my watch. Boy, this has been a good day. Praise the Lord. i tell you what. But if that's the only thing that happens to me bad today, I'm in good shape. But triumph. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 11, that there's an abundant entrance. Now, folks, if there's abundant entrance, there's not an abundant entrance. And that's the skin of your teeth, so as by fire. That's a colloquial term. That means you just show up in heaven saved by the grace of God, but you never did anything for God. You never spoke for God. You never stood for God. You never taught for God. You never deaconed for God. You didn't serve God. You didn't preach for God. You didn't do anything for God. You just let Him do everything for you. You'll suffer loss. You'll be ashamed. You'll face Jesus, as that beautiful song says on page 511. Must I face Jesus empty-handed? You'll be empty-handed, nothing to cast at His feet. That'll be a backdoor entrance, so to speak. It'll be a great entrance. You'll be saved. You'll be in heaven. But the Bible says an abundant entrance. That means that the judgment seat of Christ, God might say these beautiful words to your heart. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you... Rule over many, enter into the joy of the Lord. It's worth it. It's worth it. My wife was texting with Amy this afternoon. She'd kill me if she knew I'd share this. She can't sleep on a plane. She just can't do it. You know, she ought to be like uh, Jeremy and and Stephen Underwood and Kevin. They just take Dramamine and knock themselves out. They're drug addicts, really. But um. She just can't sleep on a plane. And I said, well, when did she sleep? And she said, well, they couldn't get a motel room at the in London. So she laid on the floor. She used a, what do you call it, a duffel bag for a pillow. Here's a grown woman laying on the floor in an airport. I'm not trying to get you to feel sorry for my daughter. She loves what she's doing. It's, it's hard. Little Lana came up to her in the driveway and said, Miss Amy, I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to leave. I almost got down there with her and said, I don't want you to leave either, but you you need, you got to leave. And I want, folks, I want to tell you something. Any little sacrifice like that at the judgment seat of Christ, and you hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, it'll be worth it all. It'll be worth it all to give your children to the mission field. It'll be worth it all to say goodbye to the comforts of watching 47 channels of ESPN, five games at once, dual screens, cook out every Saturday afternoon at 3.30 and celebrate Georgia beating Florida. To give up that, praise God, to give up your favorite country, to give up the customs, to give up the language, to hear him say, well done. But I'm going to tell you what is going to be really worth it. It's when you look at thousands and thousands of people at the judgment seat of Christ and say, you're my joy. You're my crown. See, he said, I, ain't, I don't need the crowns. You're my crown. You're my joy. He's going to receive them. But praise God. He was saying, you Thessalonians, my crown. My glory, my joy. Folks, the greatest joy in your life will be when you face Him and you hear the words, well done. Father, use this message. Thank you, God, for the liberty to preach, strength to preach. I didn't really feel like preaching when I walked in here. I felt like just praying. So disgusted so discouraged I'll admit it some days I don't have much faith some days I let my emotions get a hold of me but dear God you've been so good to me 
been so good to my family. Oh, God, you've been so good during this pandemic to our church. You give us good families. You give us nine souls that got saved. God, to give us time with our missionaries that poured in. To give us our faith promise. And see us take on seven new missionaries. Boy, it's been a good year. It's been an eternal year. And there isn't no election. And there isn't no earthquake. There isn't no hurricane that's going to rain on it. God, thank you that winning souls, doing right, staying doctrinally correct, Staying in the Word is just right. But Lord, it's just a joy. It's just a joy. God, fill our cups, Lord, with joy. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so, Lord, we just want to praise you for the joy of your presence, and the joy of your Word, and the joy of being used of God. The joy of abiding in the vine and just being an old branch that's fruitful. What a joy. What a joy. With every head bowed, every eye closed, here's a simple invitation. How many needed the message tonight? I'll be the first to raise my hand. How many needed it? Are you a little discouraged? A little tired? You might be just a little fed up others and things that's happening. That's the devil trying to hinder you. We got to go on. We got to re-enlist. We need to intensify in these last days for the battle is the Lord's and the victory is the one that counts. Father, use this message in Jesus' name. Amen.